Hey guys, what's up? This is Sierra and Hannah, and welcome back to All I'm Saying. We had a little Christmas break. <laughs> We're glad to be back, yeah, guys. But we are back and better than ever. Um, we came back ready to hit the ground running, <laughs> I guess is what you would call it. Um, we really wanted to go back to what we did last year in both semesters of doing like deeper topics. And last semester was both very busy and time consuming for us last semester. So this Mm -hmm. semester we want to dig deep and get better at preparing deeper topics for y'all, more interesting topics as well. Um, And so today we are discussing Habakkuk. It's a very short book towards the end of the old Testament. It is very good. Um, When I first ever saw the book ever in my Christian life, I was like, how do you even pronounce that word? (laughs) Habakkuk. I got no idea. I was like, I'm a little intimidated to even attempt to try it. But now I'm like, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I got it. (laughs) But yeah, so um, we pretty much read through chapter one, which there's only three books or chapters and it's, they're very short. Um, but like jumped around into two and three as well to help kind of pull the main like takeaway from it. Um, and so I want to start off with like verse one where it says the Oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. And so I was reading a commentary and it was explaining obviously like with verse one and it talks about how Habakkuk is in quotation marks, like one who embraces. So I thought that was really cool because whenever you finish reading <laughs> like the entirety of the all of the chapters, you really see how Habakkuk embraces God and his sovereignty and like fully trusts him because he knows that God is sovereign with bringing his complaints to God and God answering. So the name of the book Habakkuk means one who embraces and that's kind of like one of the points of the story and I just think that's really cool (laughs) I love it I even love the name even more now so Habakkuk 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 I want a Habakkuk (laughs) I want to embrace um but yeah so like a little bit of the backstory and like context, whenever you're reading the Bible, it is very important to always get context, even if you're just reading like a certain, like one or two verses, no matter what, because you want to make sure you have the right context so you know how to um, rightfully apply it to your life, um, but also rightfully know what God was saying in that moment to the people who he was writing to. And then you can take an application away into your life. Um, and so... This was like in the late 17th century is what I read up on. And it was like shortly before Nebuchadnezzar made a military march in Nineveh. But this is in uh, Judah. Yeah. The tribe what you of said. Judah. Yeah. yeah. It's the tribe of Judah. And so pretty much King Josiah was over it and it was good. Everything was nice. And then he was killed. And the nation reverted back to its evil ways and very, very like idolatrous ways and a lot of just evil things. And so Habakkuk is like, what in the world? (laughs) What is going on? Like, why is there no justice happening? Pretty much. He's like, where is the justice? 
And it's also, um, I believe, Babylon is who is a more evil nation trying to take over um, the tribe of Judah as well. Yeah. And so he's like, there's so much going on. Like, we, I want to see justice for all this violence and all the things, the idolatry that my nation is doing. And then why are you having a more bad, a more evil nation try and take over this already, but lesser evil nation. And so he's bringing up uh, numerous complaints around those. Like he complains a lot, but it's those topics that he complains about, but like everyone complains a lot. So like we get it. And then the Lord answers to him. So um, Hannah, do you want to like take away, go through some of the verses that you said? Um, so definitely like towards the beginning. So, uh, I see I was saying like Habakkuk was kind of like, they say it was like praying, but it was really more like complaining to God on like all these things that were happening and, um, going on. Um, and one thing that really stood out to me in verse three, um, it says, um, why do you make me see iniquity and why do you do idly look at wrong instruction? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. And so I thought, I thought it was funny that Habakkuk just kind of accuses God of like not really caring and idly watching all the wrong going on. And to me in that moment, it just seemed like he just kind of forgot who God is and like (laughs) his sovereignty and his power. And just like, do you not like, can't talk, Uh, but like, accusing God of like, do you just not even care about us? Like you're just seeing us in pain. And like a lot of times, like how often do we also accuse God when life doesn't go our way or like when a situation isn't going our way and we like to put the blame on God of how dare you make this happen and all these things like where are these perfect people and all these perfect situations? Cause I mean, we live in a broken world and evil happens, but I want to let you keep going. So, and then (laughs) in like, so like in verse two, it says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. And so I immediately was like, okay. So there he's questioning God's wisdom and justice. So he's like, like two through four, he's questioning God's wisdom and justice. And then how long shall I cry? It shows Habakkuk's impatience. And so like throughout three and four, like Hannah just went over, it's like, you make me see iniquity and you just idly look at it or why do you idly look at wrong and destruction and violence are before me and strife and contention arise and you're just idly standing by. And so he's questioning God's justice who, I mean, we all know God is justice. He's the only one that's just and is able to judge and condemn anything. And then he also questions God's wisdom of like, how is this good, God? Like, how is this right? How is this doing anything good? Are you sure this is smart? Like, this doesn't look smart. This doesn't seem smart because it doesn't seem good to me. It just looks bad. So how is this even something? Why is this supposed to be happening? I don't see how you could even make it good. And like, at this point, I haven't read. <laughs> I didn't search up to see how long this had been going on before Habakkuk made his complaint. I don't know if it ever says, um, but it would be something good to look up on. But it's also like if I was in this, 
And I was in this situation I Habakkuk was in, seeing the nation go back to its evil, idolatrous ways and to see a worse nation coming and taking I mean, I feel like I would be in the same shoes and be like, if I actually saw that happen, because today people in America, like <laughs> me and you, yeah. we don't know what that's like. Like I will, I'm not going to say people in America because I don't know where everyone has been in their life and where they came from. Yeah. But me and you, I can hundred percent say for sure that we have never seen a war like that right in our face or oh, right no. in our nation. We've never seen true evil like no. that. And so it's like, even if it just happened for like an hour or one day, there's no telling. This could have been years, maybe, or just a couple of weeks. Like, it could have been however long. And I'm like, I'd probably be saying that like just the day after because I'd be so cute because it's so evil. And you're just like, what is going on? Like, us, Habakkuk, and his human limitation is trying to make sense of something that he cannot because he can't see the bigger picture because that is God's job. That is God's plan. That is in God's control and is not our job nor our plan <laughs> to do any of that. And so the impatience, instead of just being patient and trusting in God's character, mm-hmm. like you said, he kind of forgot who God is. He's being very impatient. And so in verse five, jump down it goes to the lord's answer and this is one of my favorite verses like it is so good like and it's crazy when you think of it like it just blows your mind it blew my mind and it still blows my mind every time i read it so it starts off this is lord's answer back to habakkuk after his first complaint and he says look among the nations and see wonder and be astounded some of them say to be amazed um It just depends on what translation you have. But still, look among the nations, the nations that are at war right now, some that are good, some that are bad and war and doing evil things, killing kids, killing innocent people and kings, idolizing everything but God, like all the evil things that they're doing. And he said, look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded. Be amazed. Take note of the invasion that is going on around you, Habakkuk, and be amazed because, and in five later on, it says, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. So that's the Lord putting Habakkuk in his place, pretty much saying, you cannot fathom, you will not be able to fathom because you are not me who is in control and sovereign of everything. And in God's sovereignty, he only, every single time, only does what is right. And honestly, like in our human sinfulness and our just closed-minded selves, we only focus on what we want to see. Yeah. And so, like, you don't see the bigger picture. No. And we never, like, we never think of that. We always forget that God can turn evil to good because he is a good God and he uses evil. Like there's so many times, like even in our own life and even in our own lifetime that we have seen things like there's been prophecy in in the Bible that says like towards the end times, there will be wars and rumors of wars. And we're living in that time, like maybe not in America, but there are times and we just can't understand well, why is there evil things like this happening and going on? And, but we're just so, I guess, 
narrow, I guess. I don't know, just yeah. to believe in that. So, yeah, we just only were only able to see crumb. <laughs> yeah. And which is like, also a blessing. Yeah. At a certain extent, because like if we did know everything, we wouldn't need God. And also, I believe a big part of why God doesn't tell us everything is because he's protecting us because he knows that we just will not understand. Like we just can't. Yeah. Um, And like, and that just shows how good he is too. and how yeah. just he is. And anyway, and it makes us, so cool. he, by doing that, he also demands us to put our faith in action by trusting him mm-hmm. and being faithful to him. Yeah. And so like in every day, like every single day, we aren't to worry about, cause we can't, we can't control anything. Mm-hmm. You can control how you are faithful to God and no matter what we do and no matter how hard we try to get something we want or to keep something away that we don't want away, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we, how much we fight for something that we want or we don't do because God's plan is going to happen. Sure. You cannot change God's plan. You can't persuade God. You can't run away from God. God is, was, and is to come. And I mean, all throughout the Bible, you see God's sovereignty and like Habakkuk definitely. I think every book of the Bible highlights God's sovereignty really good. Every verse, everything highlights his sovereignty and Habakkuk is really good at that too. And so, but like thinking in Habakkuk's shoes, like <laughs> if you see that and you're just like, how can I see this and it be good? Like what? Like that's just crazy to me still. It's just to look and be amazed. It's, I love it though, because it just, it humbles you. It puts you in your spot. And he's telling him, take note of the invasion, Habakkuk, take note. And God always has a plan that we cannot fathom. And so moving on to verse six, how it says, for behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. Did I say that right? I thought it was Chaldeans or it's Babylonians is the same thing. The Chaldeans, the Babylonians. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's the Chaldeans. Because I thought it was that, but I think it's pronounced cat. But I could be wrong. Anyways, <laughs> I'm raised up the, Bab- the Babylon and that bitter and hasty nation who marched through the breadth of the earth. So like how he said at the beginning, like this nation is like Habakkuk says is worse than the nation that he's currently in that reverted back to their evil ways. And in these throughout six and like seven and eight, like throughout the rest of the Lord's answer, he's pretty much showing that God in his sovereignty is using evil to work out his plan. And so in our limitations, we see something bad, but that's it. It's just bad. And God in his sovereign character, he is, he uses bad too. Like what Hannah and I talked about before we did this, but um, both our Bibles pointed out that God uses bad and it could be a form of punishment to people. And so like this would be a form of punishment for um, the nation that Habakkuk is in because they reverted back to their evil and idolatrous ways and maybe other things too, but vice versa. But um, so it can be used for that. And then also it's just part of God's plan, whether it's used for that or not. And we don't understand. It doesn't matter if we understand because we're not called to understand. We're just called to be faithful and live that out. And so it's <laughs> it's just really good. And whenever like something bad happens, knowing that God is going to use that for good someday, whether I see it or not, that's like a, I don't know. It gives me comfort, even though when something is really hard, but it helps, it helps humble me because when something is hard and it hits you, 
even though, yes, you have the right to be sad, but you tend to put yourself in that pedestal, in that mm-hmm. selfish area. And you're like, there is no point for this. How how can this ever be good? And like, how am I supposed to just trust mm-hmm. God like in the midst of that when it just happens? And so even though, yeah, something bad might happen and it is bad, and it's okay, like it's okay to be upset about it. This isn't saying yeah. don't ever be upset about something that bad happened. Like that's not what's is being said, but it's saying to trust God and don't be fearful that nothing's going to come, nothing's going to come out of it. Yeah, this isn't in like scripture, but one of my friends told me this the other day, and it's like really remind reminds me of like you know you hear Habakkuk and how he's praying and all this stuff, but he's not really coming from a humble heart attitude, but like. And then he gets the answer and it's not what he was expecting. But I mean, going off like what Sierra was saying is like one of my friends said the other is like every no has a better yes later on. And even though we don't think of it right there and then like we don't understand why God does the things that he does. But that's okay because he is God and we don't have to understand everything like we were saying earlier. It's impossible. And I'm a big I want to know everything and I want to have it all mapped out and that's just not how it works. Yeah. And so we just have to trust and have faith and, and yeah. every no might just be a no. Yeah. It's for our good. It doesn't have yeah. to have a yes, an alternative later. It's just a no because it's a no and that's yeah. okay. <laughs> but yeah. And so uh did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Because I just kind of went straight into verse 12 uh, after that. Not really. Like you kind of hit everything. So, yeah. So, well, in verse 12, it says, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, like we just talked about. And you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. So, in verse 12, Habakkuk here is pretty much declaring his confidence in the Lord despite his human limitation, you know, God just humbled him. And there he's kind of like, oh, wow. Like he goes back into declaring the confidence he has in the Lord um, for what is to happen. And then in 13, that's whenever he kind of questions of how can you use a bad nation for good? Um, So like you who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? And then pretty much through the remainder of one, he is just explaining the Babylonians and like just what they do and like how bad they are and like using um what's the word analogies? Yeah. To yeah. describe them and stuff. And so he is uh just kind of like, how can you use this nation and describes how bad they are? Like, how can you use them? And like, it's okay to like ask God questions. And, you know, like there are certain ways to ask God questions. I remember Jeff Herring used this. That's the first time I ever studied the back of whenever he taught at that perspective, like two, three years ago and was talking about how to question, rightfully question God. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. But um, so after that, he opens up chapter two. And it's flowing directly from one. And it says, after he said all of that about the Babylonians and questions God, like, how can you use a bad nation for good? He goes into chapter two saying, but I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. 
And so this is pretty much, he declares his confidence in the Lord, asks how can this nation be for used for good, but goes back to, even though I can't understand, I am going to, you know, he humbles himself before God. And he says, I will take my stand where you've put me at my watch post and station myself over the tower as you've told me to watch and take a note of the invasion, like he said in verse 5. And he says, I'm going to station myself on the tower and look out to see what you, God, will say to me. And I will wait for your answer and what I will answer concerning my complaint. But in Habakkuk 2.4, it says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And so... I mean, that's just another thing of like live by faith. Like you're not to live on what is around you and what you see. You're supposed to live out on faith in God and trust in Him. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if we've mentioned this already, but like in the the tribe that Habakkuk was talking about in Judah, like many of them were evil, but also there were very few that clung to the law and continue to follow God and didn't compromise their faith and turn to evil. And so that's the righteous that God is talking about in this scenario. And like it mentioned in like a commentary I read that like, that's one of the reasons why God didn't wipe them totally out. It's because of those few righteous and the few that truly stood by God, even through those times of evil. Um, so, yeah. And then in verse, like in chapter three, it goes back to like Habakkuk's prayer to God. Um, and he's just praying to God and like rejoicing in him and declaring his confidence in him. And at the end, he goes to like in 17 through 19, he says, um, this is whenever he's rejoicing in the Lord as well. It says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, um, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. And then it says to the choir master, string instruments <laughs> at the end. But um, so pretty much the takeaway from like all of Habakkuk, especially from the end, is like Habakkuk realized that God was not to be worshipped and quote unquote trusted only because of the, the temporal blessings, like the temporary blessings that he bestows. <laughs> so like the temporal blessings that God bestows, because it's only from him and everything is from him. Every single thing is from him, but he is to be worshiped, not because of the temporal blessings, but for his own sake, just because of who he is, he is to be worshiped. And so I'm like, we did a episode in on Romans last year and how like everything is from him and by him and so it is for him like everything nothing we don't have anything we have absolutely nothing the only thing we have is god everything is from god and so that's why we are called to steward everything for god and back to god because it's his it's not ours he's made everything and so 
I thought that was a really big takeaway of realizing that God is to be worshipped for his own sake because of who he is, not because of what he blesses with us sometimes, which are temporary and it doesn't last forever. It's not based on those like shallow type things. It's based on who he is, who is eternal and sovereign. And so, um, like I said earlier, like Habakkuk pretty much at the end said that he is going to trust sovereign God who only does what is right. And that's my application too, is like when something bad happens, like to look at the, you know, maybe like a a miscarriage or a passing or quarrel with a friend, or I don't get the job or I don't get to go where I want to go after college or any of that stuff, like anything of that. I will look to God in the midst of that and say, I trust you, God, because you only do what is right. Even though to me this looks wrong, I know that you don't do wrong. You only do what is right. So this is going to be okay. You are going to give me what I need in the timing that is right. And you will take care of me. And I am only to look to you and continue to be faithful to you because I trust you because you've always shown to be faithful. We are the only ones who have shown to not be faithful every time. God has always shown to be faithful. So it's a really strong book, really strong message, but I absolutely love it. Like it, it is so good. And it's something that if we like an everyday message to worship God, right. And give everything back to God and just, you know, humble yourself before Mm -hmm. him. Also, if you are someone that, you know, you're hearing this story and you're hearing, oh, I'm like Habakkuk. All I do is complain about how life doesn't go my way and how I want things to be. And I treat God for all the things that I want. Like, it's not too late for you to humble yourself and repent and go to God and see him for who he actually is, as Sierra was saying, and to truly surrender your life to him and give him the glory and not just seek him to be your genie or, Oh God, I'm supposed to get all these things that I want. And that's not how he works. He is a sovereign God. He's just, and he loves you. And it's never too late to truly worship him and glorify him for who he actually is. So Sierra, you did a great job. Thanks. You're welcome so much. Um, this was Sierra's idea. She said she did it earlier in a, um, in a Bible study, and I'm glad that we did it because it definitely is something that I think we all need to hear, but a lot of us don't usually seek out the answers for ourselves. So, yeah, well, we're so thankful y'all are with us. We want to thank the Tower for hosting us. Follow the CBC Tower on Instagram. Follow us, all I'm saying, and we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.